This is Asked and Answered. Questions. With Tom Opferman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola. Labs, the offseason is upon us. Any big off-season plans? You a big fishing guy? You going to go golfing? You hit up a beach in Aruba? What's your big plans for the off-season? Yeah, right. I'm, I'm going to do all of that. Hopefully, um, <laughs> all of it. Wow. Get out, get out of my house to do something besides shovel snow. Oh, it's been the last three days of hell for all of us here in Pittsburgh, yep. shoveling inches yep. upon inches. It feels like it's multiplying too. I go out there. There's more snow. I just got rid of this. I think people are shoveling well, you know, it back into my driveway. What well, I was just going to say, my favorite part is when. You know, all due respect to the guys driving the snow plows, but when they come through after you dig yourself out and then kind of plow you back in, (laughs) that's really kind of depressing. Yeah. (laughs) Let's get into this week's batch of questions. Our first one comes from Colt Mack from Jackson, Mississippi. I think that last regular season game at Heinz Field for Ben Roethlisberger on January 2nd was one of the best things I have seen in sports in a long time. The mark he left on Pittsburgh deserves to be made permanent. Do you see them ever erecting a statue for him outside the stadium? <laughs> um, really, a statue? <laughs> um, let me just let me just let's let's approach it this way. I'll throw out a couple of names. Three actually: Dan Rooney, Joe Green, Chuck Knoll. Now, all due respect to Ben Roethlisberger, the contributions he has made to the franchise. Those two Lombardi trophies, his status as, a, in my opinion, a deserving first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. Any one of those three names I just mentioned had a much more significant historical impact on the Steelers franchise. And, you know, I was t- told a long time ago, you don't erect statues of people when they're still alive. And so, you know, I'm not wishing a, an, an early untimely end to Ben's time on earth. Um, but I just think that uh, that's a decent philosophy to have, you know, about that kind of thing. So uh, I, I, w- I would suggest to fans appreciate Ben, remember him fondly for everything that he contributes, be there to celebrate him uh, in Canton when he becomes the first ballot hall of fame selection. But uh, let's keep things in perspective. No statues. I think it's actually really great that the Steelers only have the Chief as a statue outside of the stadium. It's it's something that I don't right. think they should add any more to. It's it's unique and it's 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 perfect for the Steelers organization. Well, here we go with. Uh, I think you're, the the next question we're going to deal with here is kind of just leads us right down that <laughs> same path. Jason Pitcher from Pontefract, United Kingdom. Question coming from across the pond. I've been a Steelers fan for 30 years. Are they likely to retire jersey number seven? Let's go right back to what you just said, Tom. Um, They only have one statue. They've only retired two jerseys. Right. Ernie Stautner, number 70 in 1964. Joe Green's number 75, 50 years later in 2014. Um, The Steelers aren't big on retiring jerseys. Uh, and I think that my, me personally, I think some of their hesitancy to do that has to do with, you know, where would you stop and who would you leave out? Uh, now, I understand a lot of Steelers fans weren't alive during the 70s. I really don't have a historical grasp of what the franchise accomplished during that decade. But I mean, 
there's a lot of Hall of Fame players, um, you know, from that era. Mm-hmm. And again, when you look at that era, that was when that was before, you know, the Steelers were anything more than they weren't even a novelty in the NFL uh, before uh, the seventies. They were a losing franchise. They were, you know, the Browns on steroids uh, in terms of um, futility. So, uh, you know, I just think that the Rooney family with, you know, Art Rooney Sr., Dan Rooney, now Art Rooney II, who do you leave out? Do you retire Franco's jersey and Ham's jersey but not Mel Blunt's? Do you retire – you see where I'm getting going no here? Doubt, yeah. I mean, you just um, – it's, I don't know, uh, to me, to some degree, it would almost be disrespectful. I don't think you can retire them all because you'd run out of uniform numbers. <laughs> right. Um, and so I, I think that you know, one of the things that Dan Rooney said um, bef- as they announced the, the, the decision to retire Joe Green's number 75 was they got in contact with a bunch of those other 70s players and asked them what they thought of this retiring Joe Green's jersey. And he said that most, well, not most, he said that they were in agreement that Joe Green was above and beyond everybody else on those teams. And so um, that shows me that, you know, they care about what these other great players, these Hall of Fame players, these guys who all have four Super Bowl rings, really think of this. And um, I do believe that that was maybe the impetus, or certainly it has been uh, turned out to be a decent reason why they, the Steelers created the Hall of Honor. So you get to recognize these guys, honor these guys, make them a permanent um, you know, part of history and somewhere fans can go, you know, like a museum kind of thing and remember their career accomplishments and you know pay respects to it. But uh, you're treating them all equally uh, because football is the ultimate team sport. And you're saving numbers, like you said, to actually use to field a team <laughs> because they'd run right. out of numbers really quick if they retired everybody that deserved to have their number retired for the Steelers. Skip Vogelsberger from Hudson, Ohio, asks, Tyler Huntley looks like a promising young quarterback that the Steelers could certainly use. Is there any chance that could happen, or does he have a long-term contract with the Ravens? Okay, just this is just an aside before we get to Skip's question here. <laughs> you think we're going to be getting any of these kinds of things? Uh, future over quarterback the next few questions? Months, me nah. and you. Yeah, nah, me neither. Um, <laughs> so uh, let, let me just point this out. Um, Tyler Huntley, I'll, I'll, I'll concede that he does look like a promising young quarterback, but, you know, the Ravens uh, pay their team executives too. And so. It crosses my mind that the Ravens might see Tyler Huntley as the guy they might want to keep. Um, so there's that. There's also this, and I'm just throwing this out there. I don't want to. I don't know anything about uh, this specifically, but the Ravens may come to the the decision here in a year or two that Tyler Huntley is Lamar Jackson light, and they could maybe um, avoid paying. Lamar Jackson, I don't know if Patrick Mahomes is worth $500 million. Um, You know, Lamar Jackson checks in a little under that or maybe a little over that mm-hmm. uh, in a couple of years because of inflation. So maybe they see him as a 
cheaper yet comparable option uh, to giving Lamar Jackson a second contract. And then there's this, NFL rules. Um, Huntley's contract does expire after, well, it, it will expire um, in March 2022, which means after this 2021 season, which for the Ravens and the Steelers is now both over. Uh, but he's only an exclusive rights free agent. And what that means is that he has no leverage, none. Mm. The, uh, the Ravens could go to him even as good as he played, as well as he played. And even if they would just, let's just say they cut ties with Lamar Jackson and they make Tyler Huntley their starter. But since he's an exclusive rights free agent and has no leverage, they could offer him a one-year deal for the minimum of a NFL minimum for a player with his years of experience, which I still believe is under a million dollars. And these are Tyler Huntley's options in the event that that would happen. Accept it and play for the Ravens or not play at all in the NFL. Not really an option. <laughs> Tyler Huntley has absolutely no leverage. He will not become an unrestricted free agent until after the 2023 season. So the Ravens pretty much totally own his rights for the next two years. Um he ain't going anywhere. And even if they didn't, he is such a perfect backup for Lamar. And even Lamar, right. gets he gets hurt all the time, Jackson does, so you're going to need to play that backup. And he's just a guy that you can plug in and not have to change your offense very much mm-hmm. to replace Lamar. So it, even if they had to re-sign him, I think they would have made it done. If he had leverage, I mean, I think they would have gotten him back on that team next year. Dan Brodeur from Sugarloaf, Pennsylvania asks, with Ben Roethlisberger set to retire and Mason Rudolph being the next man up, do you think the Steelers may entertain negotiating with the Giants for Daniel Jones? Look at this, another quarterback <laughs> question. The media is reporting that the Giants may be interested in parting ways with Jones. I know he has been sidelined with injuries, but I can't help but think what he could do with our young receivers if he stays healthy. You know, um, I uh, let me say this. this uh, I'm going to call this dumpster diving. Um, okay. fans coming up with these guys just grabbing whatever uh, that, name they can well that other teams don't want <laughs> or that have failed to some degree with other teams right. they're going to be great here. Um, you know um, Daniel Jones <laughs> was the 6th overall pick of the 2019 NFL draft mm-hmm. and for the Giants to be interested in parting ways with him to use Dan's words I think that that probably is a little bit more there's more to it than he's just been injured um, because of injuries. You know, and I looked him up. I mean, he's, he's, he's not a guy that has missed huge chunks of the seasons uh, in which he has been in the NFL so far. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not like he's had a couple of ACL injuries and, right. you know, a torn Achilles or any of that really bad stuff. Um, you know, it seems to me, that if the Giants want to move on, um, maybe Daniel Jones isn't what they thought he was uh, when they spent the sixth overall pick in the 2019 draft on him. Um, but anyway, let's get back into the bookkeeping thing, as we did with Tyler Huntley. Okay, um, you know, you have these uh, rookie contracts, uh, first-round picks. You have them for four years and then the option for the fifth-year um, option. Right. Okay, so... Uh, with Daniel Jones, the Giants have until early May 2022, which is next May, to decide whether to exercise 
that fifth year option on his rookie contract. If they do, it costs him $21.3 million guaranteed. Maybe that's another reason why the Giants are interested in maybe <laughs> parting ways with him. But anyway, so let's just pretend the Steelers are interested. Uh, pretend. I hope everyone heard that word, <laughs> pretend, um, that uh, the Steelers are interested and they're um, looking to follow Dan's advice here. So May 2022, that's not even uh, – that's before minicamp. So you, you acquire a guy, um, and who knows what you have to give up for him in a trade. You acquire a guy, and so that means you get his contract. And you have before your first minicamp with him, you have to decide whether you want to pay him $21.3 million guaranteed. And you haven't even seen him take a snap in football and for football in shorts yet um, for this guy. Or if you say, well, we don't want to pay that $21.3 million, well, fine. Then after the 2022 season, he's a free agent. So if he turns out to be great, you lose him or could lose him, or you end up paying him more than $21.3 million. Uh, or, um, you know, you gave up what you ever had, what you ever, whatever you had to give up to get him, uh, and then he leaves after a year and you're back, uh, you know, looking for a quarterback again uh, the next offseason. So um, there's a lot of reasons why that's not going to work. Uh, I hope I've explained a couple of the more compelling ones. Uh, I also think it's pretty interesting that if you did pick up that option for him, you'd be guaranteeing him more money than Ben Roethlisberger made in the 2021 season. So I don't right. think and you want to be after, doing that. Well, I mean, you're just getting out of cap jail. You're going to go right back in. Um, and then you're putting yourself <laughs> back in. Uh, you know, you go into cap jail for Ben, at least every time you come into work, you can walk past that room, you know, with all the Lombardi trophies lined up. And you can look at the last two and think, okay, we're in cap jail, but we got those two there uh, to kind of massage your angst. I think the biggest game Daniel Jones won was beating Miami at Duke University in a regular season game. So not not the same kind of weight thrown around from Daniel Jones from than Big Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> Nick Moses from Simi Valley, California. Of all the various suggestions I've heard about what the Steelers should do at quarterback moving forward, oh, look at this, another quarterback question. I think the best is drafting a quarterback this year, signing a veteran free agent, and handing the reins to Mason Rudolph for a year or two. Your thoughts? Um, okay, let, let, let me start with this. <clears throat> um, the 2022 NFL draft, the Steelers, this is the Steelers' picks that they still have before the compensatory picks are awarded, you know, sometime in the spring. They got a first round pick, a second round pick, a third round pick. They have the sixth round pick from Kansas City that they got for the Melvin Ingram trade. They have their own seventh round pick and another pick um, in the seventh round that they got from the New York Jets in the Avery Williamson trade. So if the your if your plan is to hand the brains to Mason Rudolph for a year or two, uh, I wouldn't commit a premium draft pick and then plus the millions of dollars it would cost to sign a veteran quarterback in the same offseason. To me, that's too much capital to commit to one position if your plan is to start a guy who's already on the roster and have him be that guy for a couple of years. 
So <clears throat> as we sit here right now, um, I don't think I don't see any of the quarterbacks coming out for the draft that the Steelers have a realistic uh, chance to acquire with the 20th overall pick as being that compelling and talented. So, Nick, if you want to see the Steelers do something at the position, to me the most realistic, um, less painful way would be um, sign a free agent and wait in the draft because I don't think this is the draft where you're going to be able to pick a franchise quarterback. Sam Jones from Crystal Lake, Illinois, asks our record-setting sixth straight Ben Roethlisberger or quarterback-related <laughs> question. Several years ago, your your stock answer to any question about Ben Roethlisberger's successor was, quote, he's still in high school. Where is Ben's successors now, though? Okay, Sam, let me just point this out. Several years ago, that stock answer was probably accurate. <laughs> it was, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, let me tell you this, Sam. Uh, don't be shocked if, um, because the Ben's successor will be the guy who starts in 2022. Right. Um, and I'm not saying that this is the long-term answer or plan or any of that stuff. Right, he didn't ask for but the franchise be, guy. He just asked who's going to succeed him. Yeah, don't be shocked if he's already on the roster. Ooh, interesting. All right, Dan Melcher from Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, gives us a break from all the quarterback talk by asking, is it true that LC, as in Greenwood, is the same as BJ, as in Honeycutt, in the television show MASH, where the initials do not stand for anything? By the way, LC should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Dan, you are correct uh, on both uh, instances. Yes, LC oh. Greenwood should be in the Hall of Fame, but he's not. Um, and I, I did a little research on this. LC uh, Greenwood's obituary that appeared in the New York Times um, uh explained that in the book, Roy Blunt Jr.'s book, it was it's titled Three Bricks Shy of a Load, which, in my opinion, is one of the best uh, books about Steelers history ever written. But anyway, Blunt wrote that Greenwood initially told him that L.C. stood for Lover Cool, <laughs> <laughs> um, but later insisted that the letters really didn't stand for anything. <laughs> Lover Cool is an awesome name, though. He shouldn't have taken that back. <laughs> Very 70s, too, don't you think? Yes. Jerry Lutz from Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. I'm almost positive that the scheduling of a wild card round game on a Monday night is due to revenue, but I don't understand how the NFL owners could agree to a playoff game where the winner is on a short week disadvantage for the next round of the playoffs. This makes absolutely no sense to me. Care to clarify this one? Um, really, there's nothing to clarify, Jerry, um, because... You already know the reason. You answer the question. You put it yeah. in your submission. <laughs> uh, it's revenue. And um, I don't know if you, uh, Jerry or you, Tom, have ever seen the movie Back to School, Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, okay. A young and, Robert Downey you know, Jr. Yes, very young, yes. <laughs> and um, a part of the movie, well, the, the, the plot of the movie is about uh, Rodney Dangerfield plays this a uh, multimillionaire, uh, Thornton Mellon, who <laughs> decides he wants to join his son in college um, because he made, Thornton Mellon made his money, um, you know, without going to college. Um, and so he uh, ingratiates himself 
to the university president who allows him admission to the college by making a donation. And one of the um, big shot academics is all aghast, you know, at the university lowering its standards to allow this um, lowbrow uh, admission into their prestigious university. And the, um, the university president uh, looks at the academic whose first name was Philip. I don't remember his um, last name in the movie. And he says to him, but Philip, you don't understand the amount of money that he donated. <laughs> and so, Jerry, you don't understand the amount of money that is at stake uh, for these kinds of things. Um, just as another little sidelight, a story came out recently uh, capping, recapping uh, television ratings. The top 100 rated television shows from last year, of those top 100, mm -hmm. 92 of them were uh, NFL games. 92 of the top 100. So that tells you, A, uh, the, the draw that NFL uh, football has on television, and B, the interest that the television executives will have in <laughs> NFL football because you put on, I mean, not all 92 of those games were compelling matchups. No. I, I can't imagine. So the cash register rings when an NFL game is on television for the executive TV executives, uh, for the networks, and for the NFL teams. And so that's why. That's why this is on. And um, it's, it's a situation where I won't say that, you know, the NFL doesn't care about the integrity of its sport, but uh, to quote the university president in Back to School, but you don't understand the amount <laughs> of money that is involved here. And so uh, when you add that to the fact that all broadcast revenue goes into the pool that the collective bargaining agreement divides up between the owners and the players. So, you know, let's not uh, try and create a scenario where only the owners are making any money because the players get the money, get money too, because that revenue that comes out of the CBA in this category goes into raising the salary cap. And that's one of the reasons why estimates right now are that the salary cap for 2022 will be $26 million more per team, 32 teams, than the 2021 salary cap. So this is how the players, you know, get a piece of that pie as well. And so the broadcast networks make money, the players make money, the owners make money, and I don't know what there is to do in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada <laughs> on a Monday night in January, but I'll bet you, Jerry, if um, – you weren't didn't have something really compelling to do. You tuned into that game, as did I. So fans like it too. So um, it is what it is. Is it true that you have successfully pulled off the triple Lindy dive in your past? Is that just a rumor? I've not only I have not only not only pulled off the triple Lindy dive in my past. <laughs> you couldn't get me to climb up to that platform. <laughs> For prop, even I don't know that a mil a million dollars can get you up that ladder. <laughs> right. So there's that. Uh, final question from Jesse Hyde from Shingle House, Pennsylvania. 
My ears perked up listening to Cam Hayward's postgame interview following the loss to Kansas City when he addressed the quarterback situation going forward. I believe he hinted at how we are planning to replace Ben Roethlisberger. When asked about the future quarterback situation, he responded, quote, we have a great scouting department. Did Hayward let the cat out of the bag that we will be looking to the draft to replace Ben instead of using Rudolph, Haskins, or some other free agent? Um, I, I re- Jerry, I really think you're looking for something uh, and, you know, you're just turning his words into what you wanted to hear because the Steelers, the Steelers drafted Mason Rudolph. So their scouting department was involved in that. <laughs> um, Dwayne Haskins as a recent um, pick, even though he was drafted by the Washington football team, the scouting department worked on him too. So, you know, Mike Tomlin has told me that a lot of, most of the time when the Steelers make forays into free agency or even picking up guys from other teams' practice squads like Montrevious Adams um, or any of those kinds of things, they go and re-research the reports that their scouting department um, made on these guys as they were coming out for their, their respective draft classes. So just about anything the Steelers are doing, player personnel-wise, um, involves their scouting department. You know, so Cam Hayward's statement um, is really innocuous in terms of um, revealing mm-hmm. a plan or a path that the Steelers are going to uh, explore or use to find their next starting quarterback. So, you know, again, um, as I said, uh, Jesse, I think you were looking for something um, and you heard something and in, in your head, <clears throat> you kind of, I won't say twisted it because I don't want to imply that, you know, this is some devious plot on your part. But I, I just think that, um, you know, what you heard is what you wanted to hear. And you're adding up one and one and getting the three instead of two. All right. That's all she wrote for this edition of Asked and Answered. We'll be back again next week. So get your questions into labs. For Bob Labriola, I'm Tom Offerman. And as always, we appreciate you guys listening to another edition of Asked and Answered.